0: coming up on today's edition of locked on eagles i'm going to talk about something i've been waiting to talk about for eight years the official signing of marcus mariota to the philadelphia eagles you are locked on eagles your daily philadelphia eagles podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day We Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at nissanusa.com. The 18 year old Lou DiBiase can finally rest, he can finally move on to his afterlife. He's gone now, he is fully at peace. Marcus Mariota has signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. This has been something. Eight years in the making, no, it's not to be the franchise quarterback like it was supposed to be in 2015 when Chip Kelly had offered two first-round draft picks, multiple second-round picks. Brandon Boykin, Fletcher Cox, Michael Kendricks, Sam Bradford, Mark Sanchez. Chip Kelly basically said, hey, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hey, Tennessee Titans, take whatever you want. I need my Heisman-winning quarterback of the Oregon Ducks, Marcus Mariota. Hashtag do the deal, right? That was the movement for four months. It's one of the most underrated parts of Philadelphia sports history that had the city completely captivated for an entire offseason. Maybe it's because you know Chip was fired a year later. Mariota never became an Eagle. It's really just this giant one big what if, and we don't even know the official facts about everything that happened, what he really did offer, but You know, that is from Ian Rappaport. Adam Schefter has said the same thing. So Chip Kelly can lie about it till he's blue in the face, but we think he offered the deal. But, you know, you look at that and the fact that they won a Super Bowl just two years later, and there's been so much drama and so much that's happened since that 2015 drama about are the Eagles going to trade up from 20 to 2 to go get Marcus Mariota? But it was something that I personally, as a kid, was absolutely obsessed with that I'm sure a lot of other Eagles fans said. For the same reason we wanted the next year go up and trade for Carson Wentz. For the same reasons, the past few years we've been debating about what to do a quarterback because we needed the Philadelphia Eagles to find their next franchise quarterback, and they did not have one, and we thought Mariota could be the guy. Well, eight years later, Mariota finally is an Eagle. Not in that role. He's going to be the 2023 QB2 behind Jalen Hurts, but the nostalgic what-if scenario speculation guy that is myself as an Eagles fan has been nerding out today to wake up to this news. And it's funny. You can tell my friends and some of my Lockdown Eagles listeners that follow me on Twitter, they know this about me, that I love this kind of stuff. And so I wake up, the trade happened about 1.30 AM. I'm not feeling great yesterday. So I'm in bed by midnight and I wake up and I, all I get are texts. The prophecy has been fulfilled. Hashtag the deal has been done. Hashtag do the deal. You're never going to believe who the Eagles backup quarterback is. Mariota in all caps. And I'm like, no way. It actually happened. I go to Twitter and it's true. Mariota is a Philadelphia Eagle. Some of you might not think it's as cool as I do, but again, I think this is a really neat full circle moment with the Eagles that again has me kind of saying to myself, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, Being a journalist, being an analyst for the Philadelphia Eagles, hosting a daily podcast, the Eagles write the stories from themselves. Sometimes I truly can't believe the way things go with this franchise, right? How Marcus Mariota eight years later becomes an Eagle, and the GM that signed him is the guy that had a power struggle with the head coach who was obsessed with doing anything it took to get this quarterback, and now the GM that won that power struggle after 2015, who's won a Super Bowl, who re-signed the quarterback that Chip Kelly traded away, Nick Foles, and won a Super Bowl. He used Chip Kelly's big contracts, Kiko Alonzo and Byron Maxwell, to go get Carson Wentz, which helps you win a Super Bowl. That guy continues his troll job by signing Marcus Mariota. You look at everything that happened with Carson Wentz, the fact that two supposed to be backups led you to Super Bowls and they became the guy that you thought Carson Wentz would be. And, you know, the way the similarities of 2022 compared to 2017, how it almost followed such a similar path. So many moments in Philadelphia Eagles history, really, even in just the last, I would say decade from 2013, the the post Andy Reid era. And there's been a lot of eras within that one giant era. But there's so many moments, including yesterday when Mariota signed with the Eagles, or I should say this morning, where I go tell myself, I can't believe this is real. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. It happens so often as an Eagles fan. And I think it's really neat. Chip Kelly, again, I think offered the entire farm for Marcus Mariota. And thank God that that didn't happen because it's one of the biggest what-ifs in Philadelphia Eagles history. That's a part of why I'm so enamored with this topic too. And Um, why I think it should be talked about more is if the Tennessee Titans said, yeah, we do like Zach Mettenberger was the guy back then. So it would have been crazy to go with Mettenberger. But let's say that Ken Wisenhunt, who was going back and forth with the decision, said, I'm going to go with Mettenberger and I'm going to trade Mariota for all these assets for Philadelphia. The Eagles don't win Super Bowl 52. This is the biggest what if maybe in Eagles history. Because if Chip Kelly trades for Mariota, it doesn't matter what happens in that 2015 season. Jeffrey Lurie's not firing a head coach. It just traded multiple day one and day two picks, quarterbacks, star slot corners, star defensive tackles, star linebackers for one player, one quarterback at second overall. No way. He's getting at least two to four seasons with that move. So Doug Peterson's never hired. Howie Roseman never becomes GM again. Carson Wentz, you never trade up for Carson. He never has that MVP 2017 type season. I don't think you re-sign Nick Foles again. Do I think Chip Kelly and Marcus Mariota would have been good together, better than they were without each other? Yeah, for sure. But they wouldn't have done what I think Doug and Carson and Nick did in 2017 and won a Super Bowl. So it's, to me, one of the biggest what-ifs in Eagles history. and That's why I think it's really cool that Mariota is now... Wearing midnight green in 2023, and when it comes to like the actual logic behind this move, I know I just went on a total seven minute rant about all the what ifs and why I think this is such a cool move, but it actually makes a lot of sense too. I don't think this is genuinely Howie Roseman saying, Haha, "Let me, how can I eight years later continue to mess with Chip Kelly? How can I continue to mess with one of my arch nemesis of my NFL career?" And it actually does make a lot of sense. Marcus Mariota while I don't think his passing is nearly what it used to be at Oregon or his early years in Tennessee before the elbow injuries, his rushing is still, I think, top tier when it comes to a quarterback. Through 13 games last year with the Atlanta Falcons before he was benched for Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota ran for 438 yards on the ground. He had four touchdowns. He had some really big moments in fourth quarters of games. The Falcons were consistently in the playoff hunt, and again, it wasn't because of Mariota's passing, which was pretty brutal you know deep accuracy his arm strength is nothing near what it used to be but his mobility is still there he can still pull a rabbit out of a hat and you know find a way to make off script plays and make things happen elevate his offense with his legs just as much as he used to be able to and that's big for the Eagles because who's their starting quarterback it's Jalen Hurts who's a top-tier mobile quarterback in his own right. He's, if not the best mobile quarterback right now in the NFL, it's him, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. So your offense, if Jalen Hurts gets injured like he has the last two years, he does not have to completely change, and by he, I mean Nick Sirianni and now offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. They're not going to have to change up the entire offense like they did with Gardner Minshew the last two years. Gardner Minshew is not a threat to run the football. You're not going to use as much RPO, read option, bootlegs, not going to have a lot of scramble drills, off script plays like you'd have with Marcus Mariota. So now, yeah, is Marcus Mariota a guy you want to start 17 games for you like the Atlanta Falcons maybe had planned last year? Absolutely not. He's not a starting caliber quarterback, but the Eagles don't have to change their playbook now with their QB2 considering the offensive line they have, the weapons they have, the coaching staff they have. If they did need Marcus Mariota for a stretch, if they needed him to pull a Nick Foles, I have a lot of confidence that he could do it. And the good thing is, again, with backup quarterbacks, none of them, most of them, are not going to be starting caliber players. They're going to be lower tier players that you just need for a short spot. And with Mariota, again, he's not a starter, but his mobility is, is a huge advantage to have at QB2. There's not a lot of teams that can have that kind of quarterback that if there's a backup in, he can make things happen where he can dodge two sacks, run around, keep his eyes downfield, make a play with his arm, or you know on, on fourth and three, pull off a 20-yard run like he did against the Carolina Panthers in overtime. That's a, a big advantage to have for a backup position where you're not going to find elite players anyway. So, you can't find elite passers as backups. So, what do you do? Find that mobility. It's why I like the Ravens having their backup in Tyler Huntley. It's why I like, you know, guys like PJ Walker and, you know, those kind of players that have that mobility. I think it's a huge advantage to have at this spot. And Marcus Mariota, I think, brings that element to the Philadelphia Eagles. And when it comes to their backups, they haven't had a mobile backup. I mean, it was supposed to be Jalen Hurts and that lasted one year, but before that, it was. What Michael Vick in two thousand nine? Since then, it's been they've had a lot of great success with backup quarterbacks, but they've been they've been pocket passers. They've been Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew and Josh McCown. So I think this is a new element to the QB room, and it's an emphasized element that you already had in Jalen Hurts. So this is really cool for the eighteen year old in me, but it makes a lot of football sense as well. I think this was a really smart move by Howie Roseman who continues to have a killer, killer free agency. I want to get more into that coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for peanut butter brownie. You got coconut You've got churro is a great flavor, uh, brownie batter. There are so many awesome flavors to vote for. If you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of those Built bars. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built bars, best bars or puffs, delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built Bar. Built Bar is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but you don't have to sacrifice taste for health. They're covered in 100% chocolate and bars only have about 130 calories and very little grams of sugar. They're packed with protein. Make sure you go check out Built Bar at built.com and head over to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Friday edition of Locked On Eagles, talking about Marcus Mariota being an eagle, which is so cool to me, maybe cooler than a lot of you out there. But I saw Twitter. You guys were kind of nerding out on that too. I think a lot of sports fans are nostalgic fans. So you know we kind of took a trip down memory lane in 2015, and uh, it's been awesome. And by the way, I was thinking more about this real quick before we move on. I talked about how Howie Roseman, it almost feels like he's trolling Chip Kelly. When you, when you think about Chip Kelly and what's happened to him since he got fired in 2015, or maybe not what's happened to him, but what the Eagles have done, it's a tough look for him, man. Like Howie Roseman, again, he took those two terrible contracts Chip gave out to Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso. What does he do with them? He moves up from the 12th overall pick, or was it 15? I'm drawing a blank, but he moves up from 12 or 15 to eight with the Miami Dolphins, then what for two to eventually draft Carson Wentz. What else does Howie Roseman do? He re-signs Nick Foles, who Chip Kelly traded away for Sam Bradford. Nick Foles wins the Eagles a Super Bowl. And by the way, Doug Peterson used Chip Kelly's playbook basically to win a Super Bowl. Chip didn't think he could do it himself with Nick Foles. Doug did it. Marcus Mariota, eight years after Chip Kelly fails to get him, and honestly, that's probably what cost him his job more than anything, although there was a lot of things that cost Chip Kelly his job, <laughs> he becomes an eagle to back up the quarterback that Howie Roseman got to be a stud in a very similar way that Chip had envisioned Mariota becoming in Philadelphia. And we know Chip Kelly did not like the salary cap numbers guy that was Howie Roseman. So, man, just tough looks for Chip Kelly since he's been gone. Uh, him and Carson Wentz are so the two guys that, when it comes to like who wins the breakup. They both have lost the breakups big time to Howie Roseman, for sure. Howie Roseman, by the way, doing things the right way, I think, this offseason. So we know after the first week of the free agent frenzy that he has retained center Jason Kelsey, running back Boston Scott. He has signed running back Rashad Penny and lost left tackle Andre Dillard. On defense, he re-signed Brandon Graham, re-signed Fletcher Cox, and lost Javon Hargrave on the defensive line. We'll see what happens with Ndonick and Sue and Linval Joseph, but they've kept two defensive linemen and they've lost one. They've lost both starting linebackers in TJ Edwards and Kazeer White. Still up in the air about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at safety. They do lose Marcus Epps to the Las Vegas Raiders, but they find a way to keep both cornerbacks in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I think so far with all of that being said, and that's just one week of free agency way more that happened compared to last year when it was really just what you signed Hassan Riddick and Zach Pascal. And outside of that, we were wondering what else is going to happen. And it was weeks, weeks until we got the Kazir White signing. And after that, nothing really got going until the draft when you trade for AJ Brown and you move up for Jordan Davis. But this week was crazy. By the way, I didn't even mention a few other signings. Of course, as I talked about in segment one, Marcus Mariota at quarterback, and you lose Gardner Minshew. And then you also sign cornerback Greedy Williams, who was a former second-round pick from the Cleveland Browns. I think it's been an A-plus offseason so far. When you look at the positions that Howie is prioritizing, the contracts he's giving out to specific ages, I think he's doing... Everything right. Some people think he's being a little too nostalgic again and holding on to too many veterans and running it back too much, like he did after the Super Bowl win in 2018. But when you look at, yes, is he running it back with some guys for sure? He kept a lot of the veterans that I thought would be gone. Jason Kelsey doesn't retire. Brandon Graham signs a team-friendly deal. Fletcher Cox is back on a one-year contract. James Bradbury re-signs. Darius Slay. Who knows though what could happen with some other veterans? But I think the difference is, this time around, the Eagles are not, it's not the same investment as it was post-2018. Number one, the Eagles don't need these guys as much as they did after Super Bowl 52. After Super Bowl 52, the Eagles still were one of the oldest rosters in football. They didn't have a lot of draft picks to replenish that roster with young, inexpensive core pieces. And Howie Roseman was not a good drafter back then, So, for those four years, those four seasons after the Super Bowl, or I should say three drafts, right? 2018, 2019, 2020. Yeah. Those three drafts, he did an awful job bringing in new pieces. So, he needed the Alshon Jeffries of the world, the Jason Peters, the Deshaun Jacksons, the Mike Wallace's. You know, he brought in all these uh, Malik Jacksons, these older veteran players to really carry the load because he didn't have those young pieces in place. And then he would backload a contract for Alshon Jeffrey, or he'd give a raise to Jason Peters in 2020. He would just make the wrong moves when it came to these veterans. Whereas now, I don't think bringing these veterans back is a bad thing. They're on, this time around, they're on way cheaper deals. Jason Kelsey is only on a one-year contract. Brandon Graham's on a one-year deal worth only $6 million, which is nothing for a guy coming off a career year at a premier position, had an 11-sack season, can play both inside and out, versatile, leader off the field, a legend in Eagles history. Fletcher Cox is coming off his best season he's had, I think, since, what, 2019, 2018, with seven sacks. He's on a one-year, $10 million deal. Considering the defensive tackle market right now, that's not a lot for a premier pass-rushing tackle. James Bradbury and Darius Slate, yeah, they're both over 30 right now, like these other guys, but the money they got, what's it, $10 and $12 million annually? That's mid-tier for a cornerback right now. And those two are coming off all-pro Pro Bowl seasons in 2022. So, The money is not nearly the same investment as it was back then when Howie Roseman was running it back way more. And he's admitted, you know, that point in past press conferences. Also, they don't need them as much from a standpoint of look at all the young pieces and the draft picks. They do have already in place. Look at their offense. Look at the big money and the contracts given out or in place long term for Jalen hurts for AJ Brown, eventually Devontae Smith, who they have three more years of team-controlled years on his rookie deal. Quez Watkins, Dallas Goddard, the offensive line, Jordan Mayalata, Lane Johnson still in his prime, if you ask me. Landon Dickerson. You look at running back. Kenneth Gainwell still has two more years on his deal. Boston Scott's all locked up. On defense, there's more work to be done, but Milton Williams is a young player on a rookie deal. Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick, and Josh Sweater in their prime on multi-year contracts. N'Kobe Dean has three years left on his rookie deal, and I think he's going to be a stud at the linebacker position. Avante Maddox is young and locked up long-term. Reed Blankenship. So that's the other thing, is these veterans are not nearly as needed as they used to be. The Eagles are going to be fine when it comes to their youth. By the way, I didn't even mention the fact they have two first-round picks this year in a second and a third. Next year, they have a first-round pick. They have two second-round picks. They're going to have, what, three third-round picks when it's all said and done with the compensatory pick formula. They're going to have multiple fourth-round selections. They have a ton of draft capital as well to replenish this roster with young talent. So I think Howie Roseman right now has a perfect blend of veterans and young players. The big money is invested in the right ages in the right positions. The veterans that brought back, it's very disciplined. It's You're coming back on a one-year or two-year team-friendly deal. And that's exactly what the case is for all of these guys that's not Jason Kelsey, right? Fletcher Cox took a deal that was under his market value same with Brandon Graham, same with James Bradbury, same with Darius Slay. So I think it's a very different case than it was after 2018. And I think Howie is crushing it right now. And by the way, that says a lot about this team, that all these veterans want to run it back with less money, says a lot about what players or how much players enjoy being a Philadelphia Eagle right now. And last thing I'll say about this, look at the positions that Howie Roseman is investing in or keeping versus the ones he's letting walk in free agency. He's going to pay quarterback. He's investing in the offensive line, weapons, edge rushers, and cornerbacks. What positions is he letting go? It's older players in the interior of the defensive line. It's linebackers, it's safeties, it's running backs and Miles Sanders. It's players that are at positions consistently the NFL when it comes to being a consistent Super Bowl winner or contender, those aren't the positions that really carry your team. Those aren't the positions that consistently good teams invest a lot of resources into. So I think when you look at the positions, the decisions he's making on when it comes to age, who he's letting walk, who he's prioritizing, bringing back, I think it's been a masterful first week of free agency. Now there's a lot of work to be done for sure. And we'll get into that coming up next. Right now, after one week of free agency, I would give Howie Roseman an A. I think he has, and if it, if he finds a way to re-sign Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I think it's an A plus. Howie Roseman's been killing it so far. I want to get into more of it coming up to wrap up this week of shows. A Friday edition of Lockdown Eagles continues on the other side. Today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Go bet on the tournament, go bet on the NBA, the NHL playoff race, NFL futures. The draft is coming up, free agency continues, all that and more at fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, NFL, and now the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Friday edition of Lockdown Eagles. The Eagles have done a lot. There's been a lot that's happened in the first week of free agency. They have, let's just again recap everything that's happened so far. On the offensive side of the football, we'll start with quarterback. Marcus Mariota signs, Gardner Minshew leaves. Running back, Rashad Penny signs, Miles Sanders leaves. Also, Boston Scott signs a contract extension. The offensive line, Andre Dillard leaves for the Tennessee Titans. No news still on Isaac Sayamalu. Not sure what the holdup is with Isaac You saw Lindstrom get that $20 million deal to start free agency on Monday. And I'm thinking, I heard the report that many teams think Sayamalu is one of their top free agents, maybe the best free agent offensive lineman or interior on the open market. You see Lindstrom get 20 plus a year. I'm thinking after the season Sayamalu had in 2022, there's no way he doesn't get paid, but we're heading into week two and he still hasn't gotten his money. So maybe there's a chance he comes back. I would still predict that he's going to leave especially after all the moves the Eagles have made, but still no news on Sayamalu or a Lane Johnson restructure. And then on the defensive side of the football, the Eagles have resigned. Oh, by the way, too, Jason Kelsey is not retiring on offense. On defense, Brandon Graham resigns, Fletcher Cox resigns, Javon Hargrave leaves for San Francisco, Kazeer White out to Arizona, T.J. Edwards to the Chicago Bears. At cornerback, the Eagles have kept both veterans, James Bradbury and Darius Slay, while also bringing in some young talent in Greedy Williams. By the way, I now know why, of course, I remember Greedy Williams. He was a great player at LSU, a second-round pick in 2019. But I'm thinking to myself, why is there something specific about Greedy Williams that's in my head? Now I remember what it was. So in 2019, the Eagles had that chaotic cluster corner to figure out. It was Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, it was... Razul Douglas coming off a strong 2018. Same with Avante Maddox and Craven LeBlanc. Still wondering about the potential of Sidney Jones. I'm thinking, here are six cornerbacks. The Eagles got to figure this thing out. And I saw all these mock drafts where the Eagles were taking Greedy Williams in the first round, and I would keep going on these rants in the early years of Lockdown Eagles on the podcast. And so that's what it was. But I like the signing of Greedy Williams. It's a low-risk, high-reward signing, and they didn't have a lot of young talent on the boundary at corner outside of Zach McPherson. So they bring in Greedy Williams, has some versatility too, maybe can play safety. At safety, the Eagles lose Marcus Epps. Still don't know what's going on with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and you're not going to figure it out by reading his Twitter. I unfollowed him. It's getting out of hand. I mean, one day his profile picture is just a black screen, then it's him in his Eagles media day jacket. You know, one day he's tweeting about Darius Slay and about the Eagles. And then the next day he's saying the disrespect is real. I'm not sure what's going on, but I can kind of piece it together. The safety market isn't nearly what he thought it was going to be. His market isn't nearly what he he thought it was going to be. Yeah. Jesse Bates gets a nice $16 million a year contract with the Atlanta Falcons. But outside of Bates, look at the other deals. Von Bell gets what? seven a year in Carolina. Jordan Poyer got less than five a year. I think to go back to the Buffalo bills. Nazir Adderley retires. Um, There's definitely some more guys too that I'm forgetting about, but you look at the market, you look at some of the deals that are getting done and they're all under like nine, $8 million a year. And when you look at Chauncey, Gino and I both said, it's probably going to take 14, 15 plus a year to get this thing done. It makes sense. The guy's what, 25 years old coming off an incredible season where he led the league in interceptions. He showed his versatility. He could play as a deep safety, which he didn't do in new Orleans. He can be a slot corner. He can come down in the box and be a physical tackler. Like he was in the playoffs. He can be somebody that's a good voice in the locker room and basically just wear a bunch of hats like Malcolm Jenkins did. So I thought considering that he's in his prime, he's at a position that I think is important. He'll probably get a big, I think he's probably had a lot of problem. He could cash in. Now, I think it's not going to take as much for the Eagles to re sign him. It might take, I mean, maybe, I don't think he'll get $10 million a year. He might get nine or under. Maybe he signs a one year prove it deal with Philadelphia to try to, you know, bank on himself and raise that value next year. My logic with that, though, is Chauncey, is he going to have a better year than he had in 2022? Like, He's at his ultimate value right now. He is in his prime coming out of his rookie contract. He's coming off a year where, like I said, he literally did everything for the number one passing defense in football and they made a Super Bowl. Like, if he's not going to get the deal done now, I don't know when he's going to get it. So, I wonder if the Eagles can get a long term contract done with Chauncey for less money annually than me and Gino thought he was going to get. I really hope that can still happen. If that can happen, like I said in segment two, I've loved the approach how he has taken this offseason. If he gets CGJ back, the offseason goes from so far an A to an A+. Plus. Anything else um, they need to do I think is probably going to come during the draft or afterwards like it did last year. So linebacker, you have Nakobe Dean, but you lost both starters unexpectedly. Kazir White and TJ Edwards. Right now, there's not a lot of guys on the open market. Miles Jack, uh, Denzel Perriman, Anthony Walker. uh, Not a lot of players that I love. So maybe this is a post-draft kind of move. Maybe you draft somebody in in the middle rounds. But linebackers a whole, they still need to address. We got to see what happens with Isaac Samalu at right guard. But outside of that, wide receiver three, tight end two, your second safety if you don't believe in Reed Blankenship. I know Jalen Mills... Uh, got released today from the Patriots. A lot of people are calling for a reunion with Philadelphia. Not sure what's going to happen, but most of these holes now are really not that immediate. So I'm not sure when it's going to come. Maybe there will be some buy low signings like how he did last year, but maybe won't come for a few months until we see what happens with the draft. But so far, I think this offseason has been off to a great start. I think the right guys are staying. And as much as I like some of the guys that left, I understand why. Because of age, position, market value, I think I'm very happy with the way the Eagles are heading into 2023. I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. This has been the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter. At Lockdown Birds and at Dibiase L O E. After you make Lockdown Eagles your first listen every day, make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. I'm Louis Dibiase. This has been Lockdown Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds.